So we still need to be very careful. Uh, we are not telling the people of Ontario that this is going to remain in place forever. No, but we're not in the clear just yet. And so we need to continue to um, protect Ontarians, protect each other with the, uh, with the passports and with the masks at this point. There you go. That's uh, Health Minister Christine Elliott, who said Wednesday the masks are here to stay. How long? She wouldn't say. If there's data to convince me that masks do anything other than make politicians feel like they're doing something, I have yet to hear it. There is a, a little bit of a data out of the UK and Spain that suggests cloth masks offer next to nothing as far as protection and N95 masks don't offer much protection because they have to be put on very specifically. And when it comes to kids' faces, uh, they don't fit. And that's why the UK and other European countries are abandoning things like mask mandates. So the data and research for this is limited on the long-term consequences masking can have on kids. And those saying, well, kids are resilient. Um, yeah, but there are very real concerns that masks are causing things like speech development issues for younger children and that keeping the mask is stunting their educational and social development because we're basically teaching kids to hide from the world because they are a petri dish. So they're always terrified. Dr. Martha Fulford is an associate professor and chief of medicine over at the McMaster University um, Hospital in Hamilton. Great to have you. Thank you. All right. You know, we don't have a lot of uh, data and research on the consequences of masking for kids. Um, but we do have enough to suggest, and I've talked to speech therapists and I've talked to people about the kids that we are actually and could be doing more harm than good. Where are you on this? So two years into this, I uh, find it really problematic that we have actually zero studies showing that masks on children are of any benefit whatsoever in terms of transmission. Uh, the best we have are correlation studies, and these studies have huge confounders in them. And we have a lot of studies, uh, e equally valid correlation studies, showing that make no difference whatsoever. And we also have a lot of international data, because there are a great many places that have never, not once, masked children in schools, showing mm -hmm. that actually we don't need to, that, that the course of the pandemic is identical, regardless of what we do to our children. And in fact, most jurisdictions, including the World Health Organization, specifically say that we should not be masking young children. Um, and so here we have an intervention of essentially no benefit and increasing evidence of harm. Uh, and I don't know why we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, because kids have always been, thankfully, lower risk for this uh, virus, no matter what, what, what state it was in. And, and, and if kids are getting fully vaccinated, it seems that the schools uh, are becoming more dogmatic when it comes to the masking. I mean, to have children, like my son comes home, they're allowed 15 minutes for lunch, they have to wear their mask, they can't talk. I think that's ludicrous. I think it's abusive because they're being taught um, this kind of apocalyptic state all the time where they're not seeing a smiling face. It's just a bunch of, it's basically like being in a hospital all day. Yeah, it's actually really unusual that we're doing this to our children. Uh, you know, we're particularly severe in Ontario, but really across Canada. When you consider that, for example, in all of Scandinavia, schools have remained entirely open with no restrictions on children or, or very minimal restrictions. So definitely no masking, none of this sort of weird, you know, you can't talk to anybody. Uh, and this is also true of the vast majority of the United States and also most of the U.S., uh, a great many of them, you'll notice if you look at the news from the U.S., school mandates are dropped, are being dropped all over the place uh, because really there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever to support them. And it becomes very emotional. Uh, and I, I am going to yeah. speak to that because 
anybody who even tries to have a conversation about is there any evidence, what do we know about this, immediately gets labeled and, and you know, we start to say, oh, they're an anti-masker. Like, what, what does that even mean? I mean, I'm a physician. I, I have always been taught that I should be doing critical appraisal, that I should use evidence-based medicine, that I could look at the best evidence, I should see what the studies show. And when I see no evidence in two years to support this practice, and I see abundant evidence that it's not necessary, then we should be applying evidence-based practices. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the concern uh, a lot of parents or those in charge who make the, the rules should be thinking is like, if we don't know what the long-term damage is, maybe look into it. Because I don't think the implications or, or the damage to children is going to show uh, right away. I mean, we've certainly uh, seen surges in eating disorders. We have seen uh, psychological issues, depression, um, you know, with kids and what they've been learning loss, those kinds of things. The learning loss are not going to necessarily show right away. And so the, the um, collateral damage of this COVID is going to take some time to present itself. But then by then it's, it's too late. So I'm, I'm thinking it's time to minimize more damage. Yeah. You know, if one were, we're going to say that uh, whatever policy we put in place out of the sort of the, the infamous abundance of caution, then I would argue that whatever policy we put in is one that causes the least amount of harm across all, um, parts of health, and health, of course, is a heck of a lot more than no COVID. Uh, and for our children, it is eminently clear that they are essentially, they're very, very low risk uh, of an, uh, any sort of adverse outcome from COVID. Uh, and we are causing harm. There's actually a study from York University, so it's a Toronto-based study that uh, was published uh, actually within the last week, showing that children are actually losing facial recognition abilities. And I mean, what are we doing to kids? This is, this is horrifying to me. And it's actually horrifying to me that we're, that as a province and as a country, that we're simply incapable for whatever reason to look at what's happening in other jurisdictions. And, and I, I, you know, I keep bringing up Scandinavia. The kids in Scandinavia are not different than our children. The virus is the same virus. And yet, if we can have, you know, those children, are going to be at a much greater advantage than our kids because they haven't had this two years of collateral harm inflicted on them. And so, you know, when we talk about mandates, you know, maybe at the beginning when we didn't know, but the reality is when two years in, we have no good study. We have nothing that would, that would justify masking young children. We're talking about children here and, and school mm-hmm. settings. So it's all mm-hmm. school studies then we need to stop. And, yeah, and, because... You know, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a, a big uh, thing in the U.S. now, and, and some of uh, there's some Canadian authors on it as well, called Urgency of Normal. Yes. But it's a really yes. good thing to review because it actually goes over in the toolkit all the mask data for, for um, uh, in schools. So if pe- people want to independently assess what we know, there, there is something available now that tries to uh, sum it up. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, uh, we've got a lot of work to do because, as I said, I don't think we're going to know for a couple of years of, of what we have done. And, and morally, we're going to have to, uh, you know, uh, accept that uh, the decision making and the cure may have been worse than the disease, which I think it has been certainly for children. But uh, there's going to be a reckoning here. It, uh, you know, normal has to. Can you undo the damage now? I mean, for me, I try to kind of laugh off the, the rules. Like I try to laugh off the masking and kind of make fun of it so that the, my son and the kids kind of laugh at it because I don't want them walking around being terrified all the time. I don't think that's healthy. But can you reverse some of this stuff? 
I mean, it's interesting. We, we know that from, you know, other studies from other catastrophes that learning losses are lifelong. And, and so, you know, can yeah. we, I don't know. Uh, you know, language acquisition, there's certain stages of a child's life that language acquisition is very important. And we know that when you miss that, um, that, that it becomes more difficult. Uh, emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence mm-hmm. requires seeing people's faces, empathy and joy and pleasure, uh, establishing relationships. We do need to have that kind of human interaction. We need to see faces. We need to, to encourage children to be happy. And we're not doing that. We're yeah. actually teaching them to be afraid of going out. We're teaching them to be afraid of contact. Uh, you know, we have children... Uh, younger kids now who who are scared when they see other people. This is not healthy. Uh, And and there is, I think the word reckoning, there is going to be a reckoning. And and people who supported school closures and supported uh, masking of of children, I, I, I think that there is going to be a huge reckoning to try to justify what we've done. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It's uh, but to your point about the facial recognition, you know, it's often your child will when they fall and, and scrape their knee, they look to their parent like, "Do I cry or not?" And, and the parent's reaction is what will set them off. And if all they see is a, a mask, it's like they have no way to understand how to develop the emotions or reactions. Doctor, uh, very much appreciate your time on this, and uh, I certainly hope uh, people start listening to you and your colleagues who have been warning about this for some time. Thanks so much. I hope so. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Martha Fulford. Uh, she and a number of other pediatricians have been, uh, you know, warning about the collateral damage we've caused to our kids for, for over a year now, for a long time now.